How are we going, mates? Welcome back to another episode of The Top Step. I have a special guest with me. Grant Balfour is nowhere to be seen. He's busy, probably off boating or doing some bogan activity. I don't know what he's doing. But listen, I'm excited to talk to this dude. Never met him, never spoke to him. Matter of fact, I had to hit him up on social media. His name is Curtis Mead. He is a top 50 prospect in baseball and he's with the Tampa Bay Rays. We're going to see him make his major league debut this year. He's sitting in the waiting room right now, so I don't want to keep him too long, but I'm excited to talk to him. Man. Anytime I get a chance to talk to an up-and-coming Australian player, I want to ask him why he is not playing on the WBC team. There's reasons for that. I want to know. I want to dive into why that is. Uh, and just, again, man, there's not been many Australians. Literally, there's only been two everyday players. For Australians, and I want to hit him up with this too. There's only been two players, or sorry, three. Joe Quinn, who played back in 1900, but Craig Shipley, Dave Nielsen, who have had more than 400 at bats in the big leagues. That's crazy. So that the rest of them, the rest of the Aussies, they come up, they may play off the bench a little bit, but they just kind of have scattered at bats all over the place. But this is legit. The, he has a chance to be that dude here and see him an everyday player. It's rare. Usually we have pitchers, obviously Liam Hendricks, Grant Balfour, Peter Moylan, guys have had really good careers, Graham Lloyd. Um, but as a mainstay, a guy you can watch every single day. This is exciting. So can't wait to talk to Curtis. He's waiting in the in the in the waiting room right now. I'm gonna bring him in. So please welcome Curtis Mead, fellow Australian, gonna make his de major league debut this year to the top. No step. matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. And the breaking ball, he struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. This is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He, he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight you. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Killing them. Kill, kill, killing them. Well, Curtis, man, this is exciting, dude. We have never met. I've never spoke to you on the phone. I've never, I've honestly, I've, I've barely seen you play. I've looked at that bats, you know, over video because I'm doing my research here, but I couldn't wait to talk to you, mate. I, um, I gave you a little intro before you jumped on fellow Australian going to make your debut this year. Everyone's excited about it. So do welcome, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to meet you, mate. Yeah, you too. And, uh, you got that thick Aussie accent too. I like it. I will say this, dude. There is like there's two types of Australian baseball players. There's the ones who like, and 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 you can tell me which one you are here. And, and again, you're not offending anyone or anything like that. But I live here in the states now, and I miss Australia bad. Like I, I bitch and moan about it. My wife even put me on a flight December 30th. She surprised me, took me to the airport to fly me home because I was crying so much about not getting home. But there's those Aussies who like they can't cut the cord. They're so tied into being home. And they've still got the thick accent. But then there's these other dudes. I don't know if you've come across this, that like they just end up living in the States and they just, they, they don't have that same tie. Which, which one are you? I, well, it's funny. Ever since, before I met my girlfriend, who's an American, I was right. like, love being home. You know, the second the season's over, I take off home. Um, then I meet my girlfriend. My agency in Nashville um, has like a, a full facility there training, like hitting guys, throwing guys, uh, strength and conditioning guys. And probably that's been three years old. And ever since then, I've spent probably, you know, nine, 10 months in a, in America and two months at home. So but, I do, but, you know, yeah. 
Okay. All right. So fair enough. Now, again, I'm guilty of it too, man. I met my wife and I just oh. moved moved all my crap in with her place and I was living in Los Angeles actually. So dude, I, I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I was, I still consider myself to be the first version of it where like, you know, I haven't lost my accent. I've lived over here for, I mean, I'm, I just turned 40, dude. I mean, you probably think I'm a frigging dinosaur, but just <laughs> turned 40. I feel old, but I still feel like I'm 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 the first version. I'm not the guy who just kind of comes over and they just don't even look Australian anymore. They don't sound Australian. I feel like I and I get it, man. You meet these girls, and I I tell you what, I tell this to young players all the time. And my mom, she used to say it. She's like, "Oh, you're gonna meet some American girl. We're never gonna see her." But dude, it happened to you as well, man. How did you how did you and your girlfriend meet? So it's actually interesting. She was out doing an internship in Australia and we met oh. when I was out playing in the ABL probably three years ago. And then um, we were together for, you know, three months. Then I go over for my first spring training with Tampa in 2020. And when it all got shut down, they told me, oh, we'd kind of like if you stay in America, because if this kind of blows over in two weeks, um, then we want you to be like easy easy access to come back. So I was like, okay, no worries. Uh, so I call up uh, Delaney, who's my girlfriend, at, at the time still in Australia, by the way. Okay. She's just still over there. And she had told me probably a day earlier that her parents had like panicked and booked her a flight back, so she's coming back. So we're like, oh, okay, we'll get to see each other sooner. Um, uh, so I call her up and I'm like, oh, like I know I've never met your family or anything, but like, can I move in with you for two weeks? <laughs> Um, and she's how, like, how old was she and how old were you? I was uh 19 and she Damn, was dude. so yeah. she was she was living at home, she was yeah. still okay. Well, <laughs> so she she went to college, finished college straight up. She graduated in 2019, took okay. off to uh Australia. Then she really just moved back in because of the pandemic. Like, she was kind of planning on staying in Australia for probably another six months at least, right. Um, so then she just goes home for the pandemic. I'm like, Hey, can I join, you know, roll up at her door. Her parents say yes. Thankfully roll up to her doorstep, meet her dad and her mom for the first time. Um, and I was like, Oh, thank you for letting me stay, uh, for two weeks pretty much. And then sure enough, it's September and I'm still there. So <laughs> just- when were the- did you get along with the parents right away? Yeah, we did. Luckily. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. That that's a dude. First of all, a couple things on that. Now, you mentioned she you met her in Australia, right? So she's already yeah. been there. She's like willing to travel. Like, uh-huh. there's a couple characteristics here. You being Australian, that this is going to help you. I'm going to give you some relationship advice here uh-huh. uh, because, because you guys aren't married yet. So, <laughs> and I'm old. But like my my wife, she lived all over the world, right? So she was, yeah. and she, and when I met her she, right after high school, she was basically living. She was living in New York, and then she was living in Europe. She was living all over the freaking place. So that yeah. helps. Number one, and number two, get along with those parents, dude. If you have a situation where like you're a foreigner and you want to essentially take her back to Australia, or or just the the travel involved, and and and. and her parents meaning your parents everything helps when you have you're in a situation where you're with someone who is willing to travel has yeah. lived abroad the whole bit because again i say this all the time some of the aussies and i'm getting back to this i'm, I'm stuck on this for a second <laughs> some of the aussies that come over they 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 meet these these girls that haven't left their friggin you know state you know what i mean I and I know. <laughs> yeah, so it's then they just get again and, and nothing whatever it's it's all yeah. good but yeah. that's it they're they're, they're not, i'm not going to say they're trapped i just don't have a better word but they're, they're there and they're not going back to australia that's it boom 
Well, that was, yeah, that was the thankful thing, meeting her over there. She loved it, you know. We what, talked, what, what was she doing in Australia? Uh, an internship. With who? Uh, the Adelaide Giants. Oh, worked. no way. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. It worked out pretty easily. Um, but then she, like, we were talking about, like, where we'd spend the off-season. I'm like, oh, you know, like, I love going home. I want to go home and see family and hang out. And, but the training here with my agency is really yeah. good, and, you know facilities are better and she was kind of pissed because she's like oh well i'd rather spend the whole off season in australia when <laughs> in, with the summer so you know yeah. it's, it's nice that i wouldn't have to talk her into going to live there so yeah it's hard man when you get to your level spring training's longer you huh? you the season's longer the whole bit you know what i mean like you get inevitably when you're going to have this long career in the states i hate to say it but you just you know you're going to end up Pro, yeah. yeah, and I hate yeah, if your parents are listening to this too, they're gonna be like, uh, you know what I mean? But that's just kind of the way it goes. But Australian oh. parents, you know, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say, like initially, you know, first year rookie ball, I'm getting there at the earliest March first, and I'm leaving in September. So yeah. it was bang on six months, six months. Yeah. I feel like the more I play, the more it's more trending towards you know eight or ten months. So yeah. it's, uh, it and I've I've just decided to accept it for now. You know. Yeah. As much as I may want to be home for longer, um, I'm going to spend you know more of my time here, so I, I better get used to it. <laughs> it is the it is the it is the best though, man. When when you go, I remember those early years like a ball. Yeah. Six months back to the Australian summer, it was gold, dude. It was uh, great. Hey, uh, so I want to talk to you. There's a couple of things I really want to dive into. Number one, dude, you're you're a you're a big prospect. You're a top fifty prospect, right? Yeah which is a huge deal. It's rare for Australians and position players. Now, I'm a pitcher. I don't know if you knew this, but I pitched. I wasn't a position player. But the the, the pitchers get a little bit – I don't know what it is. It, it seems like there's – there's. I'm not going to say the, the break. I think there's, what, 36 Australian players? I think so, yeah. Something like that. But when you look at the position players, right, and I talked about this really quickly on the intro. I want to ask you this, man. There's only been – now. There's Joe Quinn, the first ever player who played back in the 1900s, right? Now, again, uh, uh, he's a starter or whatever. He's born. I don't, I don't even know his, his full backstory. I, I should know this. I don't know. But then you've got Craig Shipley, Dave Nielsen, with 400-plus at-bats. Yeah. The rest of them have less than 400 at-bats in their career. Yeah. Wow. Why, why is that? I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but out of all these players – and there's not a ton of them. I think there's like 14 position players, which isn't that many, right? I mean, Australians, we've had a bit of success baseball-wise, but why is that? In your, why do you think for position players from Australia, it just there's just not an everyday player? Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not totally sure. I've been asked this question a ton because everyone's like, "Oh, we always hear about all these great arms," and right now with Liam being up, they're like, "Oh, it always seems that the best contributors, for the most part, have been pitchers." And I'm, you know, I'm not totally sure. I've definitely thought about it a ton. And I don't know if, you know, it's some of our really good coaches are staying over there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. I think it's more challenging to be a really good hitter than, you know, a pitcher maybe in some degree, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not totally sure. I agree. I agree with that. It is more challenging. I just, I literally, and again, I haven't, not like I've really dived into why or tried to, Sometimes I just go down these rabbit holes. I'm up till 3 a.m. and I try and figure out the pattern yeah. there. But like, you know, like I noticed you and just like Liam, you mentioned Liam Hendricks. Liam had that AFL background, right? So he grew up playing AFL. You did yeah. too, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So your dad played in the ABL. 
Yeah. So he, you see, so you come from a baseball family. Yeah. Yeah. So in the in the early days for you, and you may have told this story a thousand times, but what was it you were playing? Was it playing AFL because that's just what you did in Adelaide? Which, by the way, is not a big deal. I've ripped, uh, not ripped on Liam, but we've we've talked about the deal. He's been on the podcast like four or five times, but love Liam Hendricks, and and he's going to be fine. I know he's dealing with some some stuff right now, but he's going to be good. It's so fun watching him pitch. But talking about AFL, man, what is it about a kid who you come from a baseball family? Your dad played in the ABL, yet you still have that draw to go play in the to go play Aussie Rules football. Yeah, so, like, from a young age, you know, dad played kind of both as well. And yeah. then he he got injured pretty seriously with his knee, probably when he was 16, 17. Mm-hmm. So just, like, from a running aspect, you know, lost a bit of speed or whatever, and that's pretty vital in the AFL. Uh, but then ultimately chose baseball, um, played, you know, until into his 30s, really enjoyed the game. And I honestly, from the get-go, like, I just love football more. Like, I really? – Dad never pressured me one way or the other. Probably if you'd asked me at age 15 and below, I would have told you I'm playing in the AFL like I could care less about baseball. Um, and then I kind of got rubbed the wrong way by my SANFL team. So I was playing in the under-16s. At the same time, you know, I'm playing nationals, uh, playing club baseball, and it's summer, right? So it's baseball season. And I I told the team, my Santa Fe team at the start, like, hey, I want to train once a week for baseball because there's two trainings a week for baseball. So i got to at least do one if I'm going to play A grade on the uh, weekend. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll do one football because I really care about my football. And they uh, they said, yeah, no worries. And nothing kind of went down. And I thought it was all good. And then round one came around and I was, you know, in the top five players in the team and I didn't get picked right. for the game. And they told me that because I didn't put in a full preseason, I'm not going to play the first 10 weeks of a 15-week season. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, I wish I had known that earlier. You know, maybe I maybe I would have decided to do that or maybe not, but I just yeah. didn't, wasn't in the know. Meanwhile, I just played in the under-18s uh, uh, national team. And I, I was always, you know, one of the better players from South Australia. Yeah, but then I played my first year under eighteen national team, and I just made in January. You're talking uh, baseball, right? Baseball now, yeah. So yeah. I just made my first Australian national team as an underager and for the under eighteen uh, qualifying event. Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, I put all this time and effort in football, but like I'm on the Australian baseball team, and I'm, you know, this team's not even picking me to play in this because of preseason. Like this is just ridiculous, and I barely threw a baseball, barely swung a bat through winter so i was like you know what i'm i'm gonna just do one winner and see how it pans out um so then that winner goes by uh and i i can't football because i said if you're not going to play me i'm just done like i don't want to do this anymore i, I want to focus on my baseball um that winner went by worked a lot with chris adamson in australia uh in adelaide he was the head of high performance um had a pretty cruisy year 12 because I set it up that way uh, because I really wanted to focus on my baseball. Uh, and then luckily Adelaide were terrible in the ABL. So they had a really rough first half and and they were like, you know what, we're just going to play the kids. So I get my first opportunity there. Uh, played well the second half, went to the my second nationals at under 18, won the MVP. And I was like, holy shit, like maybe I can, maybe I can do this, you know? And then so, every- so, 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 go, so, first of all, at that point, were you still missing playing Aussie rules football? Were you still sitting there bitter about the fact that 
Oh man, I still kind of wish I was playing, even though you were pissed uh, off. Maybe, maybe the first few weeks of the season, you know. Okay. But then after that, I was putting in all this work, and I could see that my arm was getting stronger. I was hitting balls yeah. harder. I was actually lifting weights. I, I, I wouldn't have lifted until I was 16, 17 at least. You know, yeah, and, so you, I, and you were starting to enjoy the, the like you were excited about playing. You mentioned before you were age fifteen, you were just like, oh, you know, baseball, like. The, the, it wasn't even holding a candle to to playing uh, Aussie rules football, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I totally, totally flip the switch. And I, uh, you know, you don't play for a certain amount of time, sport, and then you get the itch. Um, I'm seeing yeah. results in the weight room, hitting balls harder, throwing balls harder. Um, and I went on a showcase to America, and I was like, oh, I'm like a little bit far away, but I think I can get. There. You know, these guys are 18, 17, extended, and I was like, you know what? Like, I reckon in a year time, I could be around this mark. Um, and then, yeah, just fell in love with it. I hated – the only thing I hated with football was I hated to run. I hated <laughs> yeah. being like sprints and running long distance. I was just like, oh, I just – I'd rather go take 50 swings or 100 ground balls than right. go and run, you know, 5Ks or whatever. So then I started to really enjoy the training more so because I love the football games, but I hated the training. And gotcha. then with baseball, I love to train. And so – yeah, it kind of just clicked from there and then went on another showcase trip after the 18s MVP uh, and started getting some serious interest. So, so you, you had know, so, so that first, going back to that first showcase trip, it wasn't like you had, you know, these scouts saying, oh, hey, we're interested in hitting your parents up. Nah, nothing. nothing. Really? When I, went, I think it was maybe September ish and, you know, we went to a few pro teams and it was a pretty young team. So they, yeah. I, Maybe two of the guys got interest from scouts, but even then we went to colleges and like at least half the team colleges were interested in and none were interested in me. Like I was the smaller guys, you know, like had tools, but not nothing off the charts. Um, But I I knew that I I was so fresh to this, you know, I didn't do it all year round. Um, So then I was like, you know what, I'm going to go for it this summer. And then just kind of took off from there. And then, then the interest came after my after I was playing in the ABL and stuff. See, I love hearing this because there has to be value. I, I coach kids now and I've got two kids of my own. And, and yeah. I, I started playing baseball when I was 12, right? Yeah. You see these kids, especially in the States, you know, eight years old or nine years old or whatever, and they start sort of projecting out how they're going to be as an athlete. It's like, come on. Yeah. And I'm so against that, dude. It drives me nuts. And then when you hear that, I've I've even talked to like guys who've had like massive big league careers, and then their son goes into play, and then their son's playing like Mike Cameron, for example. Um, yeah, you know, he played. Mike Cameron was a center fielder, and I got talking to him because I was, I was like, oh, you know, my my daughter, she's not into like team. She loves playing sport. We ski every weekend, but yeah. she wasn't into the team sport. And he's like, dude, he goes, my son, who's now in the big leagues, and he's just yeah. you know, he's huge. He, uh, Mike's son, he goes, dude, he was like. Yeah, he, he just wasn't into it, wasn't into it. And then, boom, just clicked. When he yeah. was a teenager, I was like, what? Yeah. And so when you hear that, it's it's refreshing to hear that. There has to be – I feel like there has to be a little bit of – first of all, playing two sports. I Everyone tends to agree, playing the two sports and having more of a mental strength to that as well. Especially, oh. dude, Aussie rules football is frigging hard, man. Yeah. Like when I, was, when I was a kid, my dad was a strength coach for a, a rugby team, the Paramount Eagles, professional team. And so I was supposed to play. I was supposed to play rugby league. That's what I was supposed to do. It was too hard, man. I, I hated it. It was brutal. I remember right. Sunday. I was just bruised up, and I felt like shit. And I was like, man. And then I found baseball. I was like, oh, look how cool that looks. You know, it looks unreal. But you mentioned the fifty swings as opposed to running your guts out. Like, 
but there is that there is that mental aspect too there is that you know oh totally totally you know i mean that's a big one. So, okay. So your dad, so I, I look at this and sometimes you see these, you know, you have this baseball lineage where the, your dad's got you out hitting all week or whatever, but he, he did have that Aussie rules football background as well. Uh-huh. And yeah. I guess when you come from Adelaide or Perth, it's, you know, it, it's going to be yeah. maybe some peer pressure too. Maybe your mates like, dude, I don't know if you got this Curtis, but for me <laughs> growing up in Newcastle, I played baseball. I was a frigging outcast. I was soft. Like, uh-huh. You know, all my friends at school are like, oh, you're soft. Why don't you play footy? You know what I mean? Did you ever get that? Uh, maybe not in that context, but it was more like they had no idea about any oh, of it. None. It was like we come back up from the weekend, they're talking about their sports, and they're like, oh, that was baseball. I was like, oh, yeah, good. Like, I went three for four. They're like, oh, nice, man. Like, they just it didn't function. You know, yeah. I could anything, and they're like, oh, that's nice. Like, good. So that I- was wild. I'll get back from playing pro ball. They're like, oh, hey, when, when's your um, the baseball tour stuff up in the States and come back and play third grade footy? I'm like, are you joking? Like, I'm, try- I'm trying to get to the, you know, trying to get to the big leagues. Like, are you even in like the, even on the TV? Yeah. I'm like, no, <laughs> like three years in. Brutal. Hey, speaking of, dude, Australia, the Australian team, we've got the World Baseball Classic this year. I, I love the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. I love it. I love international baseball, but I have had a weird relationship with it. I am broadcasting. I'm doing the uh, pool A. I'm doing Taiwan, so I can't wait to get out there and be be amongst it. I wish I was in Tokyo. Yeah. You are not going to Tokyo with the Australian team. What? Yeah. And I've been in this situation before. You're in a unique situation. Uh-huh. Tell me, what was your decision not to play on the Aussie team? And and I mean, you know, obviously they were like, "Hey, Curtis, are you going to play?" Was there that conversation with the head coach or Glenn Williams? Yeah, so it was actually interesting because I don't know if you knew, but I had a partial tear in my UCL in the middle of last season. And we kind of like pretty much the rehab process didn't go smooth through the end of the season. I was projected to be back in the field, you know, August, September, and I never got back. Um, So in September, I had a PRP injection uh, and they didn't want me to play catch until January. They were like, just take you three months, just let it rest. And anyway, this this was in September. We're planning all this out. And at the time, they were like, oh, um, I'm talking like, oh, you know, like uh, I'd been obviously, Dingo wanted me involved in the 23s, which was that October in Taiwan. Um, and so I just start like asking questions like, what do you guys think about uh, me representing Australia for the 23s? Um, and they said, you know, like if there's no injury, we're hundred percent in and, you know, just with, I wasn't able to do anything in October, so it didn't matter. Um, but then I talked about the WBC and they're like, oh, we would love you to play in that. Like the type of that bats you'd get in it. Be awesome. Like you can't replicate facing Otani wow. yeah. in Tokyo Dome. Like that's just not something we can do at spring training. And I was like, oh, perfect. Like, you know, I barely played for the men's national team. You know, I just hadn't been around it a ton. So I was really looking forward to that. And then then they add me to the roster in uh, middle of November and I get a call uh, first week of throwing in January. And they said that, you know, we're not letting you play in the WBC. Um, your elbow is is like doing well, but we want all your activity in March to be here with our medical staff. Um, we don't feel comfortable with you traveling Uh and so the the GM had told me that, called me and told me that based on the medical advice that he'd gotten from the people I'd been uh, talking to. Mm-hmm. So it really wasn't my decision. 
you know, yeah, I was right. I was disappointed because you know I've never played in one of these tournaments. Like lots of my really good friends are going to go and play, so it's definitely a tough pill to swallow. But yeah, it, it wasn't up to me, which was which was a bit disappointing. But who are some of your buddies who are playing in it? Uh, I probably my best three friends would be Rickson Wingrove from Adelaide. Yeah. He's um, from Newcastle. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, Robbie Glendening and Aaron yeah. Whitefield. So. We we stare each other up because we were all in double A uh, at the start of last year, so we would we would talk to each other a bunch. So I've played with Aaron on a WBC team. Uh, uh-huh. What was that? Twenty seventeen. Yeah, I, I played with him. So I, in order for me to play on the 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 last, I, I was essentially done playing in twenty seventeen. Yeah. And I said to the head coach, was it was it Nelson that year? No, it was a. I don't even know if it was Deeble Nelson. Might have been uh, Deeble. I think it was no Dave Nil. It was 2017. I think it was still deep. I can't even remember. But um, I had to play for the bandits. That, oh, sorry, I had to play in the ABL for a month. Uh, they had to say, Are you got to play in the ABL for a month to show that you're healthy, whatever. I was like, yeah, sweet, you know. And and um, but dude, it was hard to get back to to playing shape. I was already, you know, working for the Mariners doing TV and everything else. So I was trying to work to get back into shape. <laughs> and there I am. So. I got back into shape playing the ABL. Dude, my elbow was killing me. I'm just pitching through pain. They're like, dude, your velocity's way down. I'm like, no, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And I, I, I snuck onto the team. But once we got away, you know, my mom was fine. But um, dude, it was a struggle, man. I remember like my wife was like, oh, I bet you've got the bug now to, to want to keep playing. I said, nope, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. But I guess yeah. they were in Tokyo. And it's funny, dude, Nori Aoki was this little, he's this little infielder. He was with yeah. the Mariners the year before. So I was working, I'd met him through as a, you know, as a broadcaster. And here I am 60 feet away. I'm facing him with loaded bases. He's looking at like, I know this guy from somewhere. It was, <laughs> it was so funny, dude, but it was a blast, man. I did enjoy it. But 2013, I didn't enjoy it. We just had a bad mix like on the team. There just wasn't that same team chemistry. Um, I couldn't play 2009. Yeah. MLB essentially says it's up to the players, right? I was yeah. my, I, my first year was 07, 08. I got put in the starting rotation. So 09, I wanted to make the team as a starting pitcher. And I thought like I had a really good year 08. Yeah. And the coaching staff pulled me in day one, brand new coaching staff. They uh-huh. pulled me in day one and they're like, Hey, listen, we know you want to go play on this, in this world baseball classic. We're not allowed to say no, but it's going to be your decision. You're going to stay here with the organization and be amongst your teammates. I'm like, huh? And I'm just like, yeah. I got the GM in there. No, excuse me, not the GM. I already spoke to the GM, but I had like the head coach, the pitching coach, just met these dudes literally yeah. like 20 minutes ago. Uh-huh. And I'm just like super awkward. I'm, I'm super awkward in social situations like that. I'm like, well, I, sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. They're like, you're not going to play because it's your decision because you want to stay here. Yeah. Oh, Oh, okay. So I walk out. I'm like, I'm not playing in the WVC. And then, like, you know, some of my friends on the team, are like, dude, I thought you were playing. I'm like, nope, I'm not. And it's my decision. Uh, yeah. But but I get it, man. But there, but this flip side of it, though, you get to go into camp with the Rays, yeah. kind of at bats. I don't know how many players are the Rays missing from the WVC. Probably like at least three to five, somewhere in that range. Okay. So it'd definitely be really good opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to. For sure, dude. Is this that year, man? You, you in this off season, you know, you went. You mentioned you were working at a facility at uh, in Nashville, but uh, is there times throughout the off season you're like, man, this is it? I'm going to make my major league friggin' debut this year. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You know, last season, obviously, an outside chance in September if I stay healthy. Uh, but this is 
kind of cool going into this year thinking yeah. like you know, if everything goes to plan like i'm probably playing in the big leagues. oh yeah um, so yeah oh, it's, you know it's it's something that i've you know maybe not dreamed of ever since i was 10 but you know ever since i was 16 17 like i was like damn like that would be awesome you know and but, i've worked but it, really hard for those last six years to get to this point so but even though when you're like you know 12 or whatever and yeah. you you're still aussie rules football is kind of in the you know in the in your that's where you're looking you're looking i want to play in the afl yeah. but you still flick on the tv or your dad's playing the abl whatever and you still look at oh man look at that mlb game and you it's still oh, yeah yeah, it's, yeah. It's, i definitely it's, followed the american baseball when i was younger you know i'd watch it it'd be on sunday morning a saturday night game something like that so it's definitely definitely something that was on my mind but i didn't really think it was ever a possibility probably until i was 16 or 17. That's exciting, man, because everything I've heard and just talking to people around, you know, like the last couple of years and, you know, Curtis Mead this, Curtis Mead that, uh, especially here in the States, it's just like, and there's been times, dude, I'm not going to lie, where I'm like, oh, you know, I'm Australian or I'm meeting people for the first time. Oh, yeah, Curtis Mead, you know, it could be some someone from scouting or some farm director or whatever down the winter meetings, your name came up a few times, like when I was working down there and it's exciting, dude, because again, you have a chance. I'm not putting pressure on. I feel like you can take on this anyway, but you have a chance to be an everyday player. It has been a friggin' long time yeah. since we've had an everyday player. And yeah. that's, ex- that's exciting because, you know, for me, the, the equivalent for a pitcher is like every fifth day, right? So if I'm a starting pitcher, great. I'm pitching every fifth day, whatever. But uh-huh. to have an Australian that like, if a kid can watch from Australia, and they watch every day. They keep up with it every single day, dude. It's exciting, man. I, I'm, 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 I'm really excited for you. Again, not trying to put pressure on you, but you know, I've watched you hit and everything I've heard, dude. It, it's, um, it's about time, man. It's, it's been a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean it's definitely, you know, that'd be pretty cool. Just like all the people that follow me and they've talked about how they're turning on MLIB and watching me play all over America, and yeah. just to think that they could turn on MLB TV and you know I'm starting at third base for the Tampa Bay Rays every night, you know, that'd be crazy. Cool. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. And yeah, and th- th- another thing I read up to you, um, and I don't know if this was a turning point uh, from a hitting standpoint, but you worked with Jason Ochard. He was the hitting guy with uh-huh. the Phillies. So what was, what was your relationship there? And what was it that you guys worked on that? And was that a turning point for you from a, an offensive standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. So Jason was, I think it might've been his first year with the Phillies. You know, so he had come on the driveline guy and brought all this driveline stuff and, you know, bat speed and it just like kind of a new wave to the Phillies. And I was, you know, fresh and I I, I had reasonable power, you know, like for my size regarding. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I'm thinking like, gee, I could kind of really, really start talking to this guy and my bat speed could go up. And, you know, there's definitely some things offensively that I can really work on. And, and so I just remember every time he was in town, you know, I'd, I'd kind of talk to him for, for 10 minutes and be like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And then I started to swing the bat harder. Then I started to pull more balls. And, you know, it wasn't even in, even into deep into the my first year and extended, uh, sorry, in the GCL, I yeah. hit five runs in a week and I only hit four for the year. So I was like my second to last week, wow. it just like clicked a little bit. And I just had pulled four home runs, which I'd never usually done. You know, I usually was like a kind of hit a ball to Santa, but I didn't have enough power to hit it out to Santa. Yeah. So then I kind of understood like pulling the ball. Um, so Jason helped me a ton with all that stuff. 
uh, that year. And then, of, of course, I get traded away. So then, you know, we still keep in contact, but he's just like, says it's funny because he was like, oh, I told everyone not to trade you. And we, we were really? so good together. And yeah, so it's just kind of funny how that all went down. Was it tough and when you if you're talking to him because he's kind of coming to oversee the whole thing, but not not tough. Obviously it's it's he's accessible and everything else. But when you're a young, when you're playing rookie ball, right? Yeah. To try and take because I remember for me, I, I had to get to a place where if we had like a pitching coordinator, someone who I really trusted or something that clicked, yeah. that I had to really put in the effort to get their attention because they're overseeing so much. So yeah. it was was that ever like? Was that ever an issue? Or was he just straight up like, "Look, man, anything you need, I, 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 I got you." Uh, a little bit, I think, but you know, at, at the level I was at, you know, more than half the group doesn't speak English, so yeah. unfortunately, it's hard for him to communicate with them. And I think he kind of fell in love with the accent, and he'd just like, you know, we, before we talked hitting, he would kind of just come and chat. We'd talk about life and everything, yeah. and. And then I was like, you know, like this, I think this guy actually likes me a bit and we can kind of work on some things and get better. Um, and that's one thing I've tried to do most of my career is I like to, you know, I like to just be in the know. I like to hear what everyone's opinions is. I, I don't necessarily take what everyone says and put it straight into action. You know, I like to kind of digest and what they're trying to help me with. Um, but I like to just ask questions. You know, I'm, I'm just asking questions about everything. And, you know, that's when he talked to me about, you know, compared to any other level, big league is pull the ball in the air way more than any other level. So like that's big league is really good at that. And that's what makes them big league. Isn't it? Right. You always see the opposite. You always hear, Oh, I know they can hit the ball to right field. I know, I know, which is interesting. And you know, that's where Jason coming in with all these brand new analytics and like numbers and stuff was able to kind of break it down. And that's what he said a ton is, you know, we've got, like I'm not, I'm easy to have those hard conversations with people because it's just what the numbers say. It's not really what I think, yeah. you know. He's not saying, "Oh, you can't do this." He's saying, "Well, look at this number. This says that you can't do that." So, you know, yeah, right. Interesting. Hey, sp speaking of that, I got two uh, uh, two more things I want to ask you. One, have you have you are you the kind of person? This was me, man. I've talked to kids about this. You know, a couple of kids more recently, they didn't make teams or a national team. Did you ever have, and you remember them, people who said, oh, yeah, Curtis Mead, oh, he's not very good. He's not going to make it. Or any any of those moments throughout your life where you just had people who just talk shit about you or thought that you were, you know, you, you weren't good enough or anything like that? Uh, maybe not. Like I don't remember an exact person, an exact comment. But there was probably when I was 15, you know, there were better options at the time, you know. Yeah. No one can really, I guess it's hard for scouts to, you know, like yeah. the people who are watching aren't scouts and they can't project. But right. I was smaller, a little bit smaller than the people I was up against. And they were just like, oh, like Curtis is maybe the the 10th best infielder in the country at the time. Right, right, right. You know, and this guy's way better and this guy's way better and he's going to go to Pro Bowl and he like might be, and they would just, you know, it would just be like, oh, Curtis might be lucky to get to a college. Like that's kind of. Wow. So it's just kind of like a ceiling being put on me more than it wasn't necessarily that I couldn't play. It was just like, oh, he's not going to be that good. You know, like there's yeah. just like, oh, college baseball and then see what happens. But I I just knew that I was so fresh to all of this that like, you know, I was like, if I just put myself like to it, I think I can be yeah. good. And that's what's kind of helped me my whole career was I'd never had expectations and I don't even to this point, you know, I'm like, well, I don't really know. You know, I think I'm still getting better. So it's like I have yeah. no idea 
capable of. So like, let's just see and find out, you know, and even people ask me that now that I'm a prospect, they're like, Oh, like, are you like caught up in that? Everyone thinks like you have to be the best hitter year in year out for Tampa. And I'm like, well, no, cause like I'm really going to AAA. So who knows if I can play there. So like, let's just see if I can. Yeah. You know? Hey, on the flip side of that. Now this is a segment. We have a, uh, energy drink sponsor. I'm going to send you a case of these, right? If you like them, I can get the, the company's going to send you more of them. Okay. So first of all, if you go to drinkallin.com slash the top step, you get a discounted price. I can't remember what it is this year, but you get a discounted price. Not you, Curtis, but anyone else listening. So we have the all in moment, right? For you, Curtis, just thinking about this chat, uh-huh. when was it in your career? Do you remember that moment where you're like, or that time where you're like, shit, man? I'm gonna friggin' I could play in the friggin' big leagues. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually get I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm out of a ball and I'm moving on. Now all of a sudden I'm a dude. When was that moment for you? Uh, probably when I was in Lowell, Charleston. So I went or already uh, already traded. Yeah, so traded yeah. traded in 2019. Rolling to spring training in 2020. Um. And initially, straight away, you know, you know how you can just know that, like, oh, he's getting a little bit of special treatment. You know, yeah. the team guys always asking Curtis how he feels, and and I saw that from the outside. In a Tampa, I'm the guy that they're asking about. You know, how are you feeling? Like, you know, how do you think about playing this game? And you know, you're going to hit three, and and anyway, then but then it gets shut down pretty quick. Go back to the ABL, play solid in the ABL, come back, and and I thought. Maybe I'd go to Able in 2020. So 2021, I knew I was definitely at least going Able. And so I went there and I was like, you know, I just I just hit really good in Australia. And, you know, that's similar, if not better, than Lowe. Yeah. And I'm going there and everyone's my age. And, you know, I just think that I'm better than everyone here. Yeah, right. And I go out and I played probably the first week, uh, first half. And, you know, I was leading the league in doubles, hitting 360. I'm feeling great. Um, and that was the point that I was like, you know what? Like, I just played everyone my level and, like, my age. And I'm, like, a lot better than them right now. So, like, I think that this is, like, I'm, I'm going for it, you know. I'm right. going on not expecting anything because now I'm playing at, you know, a level that I didn't think I'd play at this year. But I'm I'm just going to see what happens, you know. And that was kind of the point that I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I might play in the big ones in front of yeah. big league coaches front office what what are some of the things you're setting out to do uh well i think mainly just with the elbow i just want to feel a bit you know yeah. feel confident play a bunch of games just trust that i'm healthy again you know mm-hmm. that that's probably the first and foremost goal um i want to prove that defensively i can do it at the big leagues you know i've I want to make like work day in and day out to show them that, you know, I, I think I can hit, but I think I can hold my own in defense too. Um, and offensively, I, I just want to feel like I'm ready. Whenever the yeah. time comes um, to, to, for the games to matter, I guess more so than I want to feel ready, you know, cause yeah, I've, yeah. I faced a bunch of really quality arms last year in AAA. And, you know, we faced a bunch of big league guys on rehab and I, I felt fine you know i didn't yeah, right. and yeah it's a pretty cool feeling so i think that i just want to feel that again and feel that i'm a chance and you know now it's just a fight like i feel like i just want to be in the fight you know i don't want yeah. to feel like i'm overmatched so awesome dude well we'll be watching man i, know, I was just trying to look at, um i was just trying to look up here if tampa's coming to seattle this year or you know how it's all different this year yeah. the 
It's really it's weird to look at. I love the new schedule. I friggin' love it. Yeah. Um, but I'm just looking now to see when I'm I'm hoping you guys come to Seattle, dude. They might. They they did last year. I'm not sure if that affects anything. But... Yeah, it's all completely different now. Let me have a look. There we go. Oh yeah, Tampa Bay. Here we go. This is June 30th. Boom. I like yeah. it. Well, hopefully I'm up by then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I know you probably got buddies on the team. And you want to hang out, but we're <laughs> going to hang out at least once, dude. It'd be fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll I'll go grab dinner or something like that. But you guys come to Seattle, so. Yeah. We'll awesome. have to catch up. And I will send you <laughs> – this is, by the way, this is a Seattle company, which is okay. awesome. awesome. Um, I don't know if you drink energy drinks or not, but it's good. But I'll, I'll send you – I'm going to send you some. If you like it, let me know. And Perfect. I'd love to keep, keep yeah. giving you and your your uh, American girlfriend who's stolen you away from the, the motherland <laughs> of Adelaide <laughs> a, 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 a box of it. But, dude, this has been fun, Curtis. Great to meet you, kind of. Uh, but we, we need to do this in person when I see you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. You're welcome, dude. Good luck this spring, dude. Thanks, mate.